the title of the message is Appointed Seasons. I think for many people, life just sort of goes by and things just happen. You know, marriage, divorce, kids come, kids leave, kids get rebellious, sickness, just things happen. Let's talk about appointed seasons. You ready? Things don't just happen to a Christian. All things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. If all things are working together for good, it means God's behind working it for good. Okay? Ecclesiastes 3.1. To everything, everyone say everything. There is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear, a time to sow. There are seasons in our life established by God. And it's important to know what season you are in. Everything has a time that's set. And if you try to push and take something that's out of time, it will not be blessed. If you push and take something that's outside of God's perfect time, it will not be divinely blessed. You need to know the times that are set by God. There are times and seasons that He has established in heaven in the spiritual realm. And when we as Christians understand the time that we are in, then we can respond appropriately. For example, the Bible says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. When you're in a time of sickness, it's a time to reach out in faith and call for help, spiritual help to join together in faith. Is anyone among you happy? Let him sing songs. You see? There's an appropriate response for the time that God has set you in. For example, with Job, God had established a time of suffering. He lost everything. And his wife, it was time, it was set in the spiritual realm between a dialogue between Satan and God. And God allowed Satan to afflict him, to rob, steal, destroy. It was a time that God allowed of suffering. And Job's wife said, curse God and die. Curse God. How do you respond to the times that are set by God? But Job refused to curse God. 
The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then Job entered into a different season. A season of divine success and prosperity. He was the most blessed man, prosperous man on the face of the earth. But through this, the season of suffering, he learnt repentance and true humility. Don't rush your season. Learn what God is teaching you. Respond in the way that is appropriate before God. Amen? Are you ready to go deeper? Praise God. In so when God sets a season, appoints things, for the most part, you can't change them. There will come a time of tribulation before the second coming. It has been set. You can't change it. Sometimes, like I used to think that I could just pray and change everything. But God would speak to me and say, this is about to happen. And I didn't want it to happen because it wasn't that great. And he'd say, it will happen at this time. And it still happened, despite all my efforts to stop it. And then afterwards I look back and I see the goodness of God and my folly in trying to stop what didn't look like a good thing. Some things are established in heaven and you can't change. The whole COVID thing was established in heaven. You couldn't change it. It was a season established by God. So you look at nations, you look at your personal life, and there are things that God has established so what you need to do is learn and respond in the way that pleases God. You need to learn from it because you can't, some things you can't change when they've been established by God. You with me? Daniel 2.20. Daniel says, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Amen. So we need to be spiritually minded to understand. Like with the whole COVID thing, I believe that my, my proper response to that season was to give myself to preaching the gospel and not get involved with people's discussions and arguments about vaccinations because I believed that it was a season that would pass. And the whole discussion and debate would pass as well. I wanted to look back on that season and see the hand of God at work. Amen. And we preached in that season to more people than I've ever preached to before. Online, thousands and thousands of people. There are seasons. 
like, like I could have just kicked the bucket and got angry and tried to go out and preach with shut borders and everything and push against it. But it was a season that God had established. So how can we advance the kingdom in that season? What is the appropriate response? Sadly, there are many Christians, you know, all they wanted to talk about was vaccinations for and against and all this sort of stuff, and they wasted the season. Are you in a season of time right now established by God? What should be your response? Because when God establishes a season, it's for a purpose. To fulfill a purpose in your life. And so it's a bit like graduating from a year in university so you can go to the next year. If you respond in the appropriate way and you learn what God is teaching you at this God university, amen, then you can go to year two, year three, year four, amen. But if your reaction is one of bitterness, unforgiveness, depression, misery, if you're responding like that, you may never go to the next season. You may, you may never be like Job who goes to abundant blessing and prosperity because God is interested in our hearts. God is interested in our hearts. And to build a building, you need a good foundation. And it's times and seasons that prepare the foundation, the character, your spirit needs to be developed so that he can build on top of it. Turn to your neighbour and say, he's building your foundation. When the builder comes and he's laying the foundation, you don't tell him to go away. You don't say, I want a house built, forget the foundation. When God's building your foundation, submit to him. He knows what he's doing. And he works differently from the world. Amen. The world is not all that concerned about character formation. It's about the gaining of money and promotion and making it. Now, there are seasons of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we can attract and bring those seasons according to the Word of God. Amen. We read in Acts 3.19, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So we know that genuine repentance, humility, seeking God, turning from our sin, draws the Holy Spirit, draws times of outpouring, draws times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. There's uh, Victoria, there's a room here, and they can take the child out here. That'll be fine. Praise God. Amen. Deuteronomy 11.13 And it shall 
be that if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command you today, to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart, with all your soul, then I will give you the rain for your land in its season, the early rain, the latter rain, that you may gather in your grain, your new wine and your oil. Amen. The Holy Spirit wants to come upon the church. But the church needs to come to a place where it wants to host the Holy Spirit. That's what I was talking about last night. Church needs to come to a place of true repentance and desiring God, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Baptize me in fire. Empower me, Lord, for your work. Amen. Glory to Jesus. In your season, be led by the Holy Spirit and not by your senses. What are senses? It's the things that you see and experience around you. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Romans 8.14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are... Sons of God. If you're not led by the Spirit of God, how can you be a son of God? So God has established seasons in your life. Be led by the Holy Spirit in the season. If you're in a season where he's humbling you, humble yourself. If you're in a season where he puts you in a job with a difficult boss, humble yourself. Learn about submission. Let God break your pride and your arrogance. It makes the season quicker. Amen. Galatians 5.16 I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So in seasons, your flesh will want to do stuff. I heard of a pastor having a rough time, and so he gave himself over to the flesh and began drinking, took to the bottle. Walk in the spirit. You've got to understand the season that God has for you. Sometimes the Lord disciplines us and disciplines pastors, and you need to submit to his discipline. If you are a parent, what you want your child to do is submit to the discipline, that is, to learn from it. Amen. So if God has placed you in a season where he's disciplining you, then learn from it. Repent. Because the consequence of sin is a form of discipline. God hands people over to their sin in Romans 1 and lets them suffer their own choices and decisions. So be led by the Spirit. The Spirit of God will lead you into the perfection of Christ. Spirit of God will lead you into repentance, lead you into righteousness. Now there are seasons, one of the most important perhaps, is waiting. Waiting. When I was, uh, just to use a personal example, um, what are we in, 2022? In 2019... Uh, the Lord led me to Sydney from the countryside 
and put in my heart to buy a house. So I was keen to buy a house, to establish myself. I didn't want to be renting. That's where I was. I was keen to do something. And then I had a dream. And in the dream, in the dream, I fell over under the power of the Holy Spirit and went to sleep. Okay? And in the dream, I was asleep for six months. Then in the physical, I woke up and I reflected. What does it mean to rest like that? It's a time of doing nothing. God does not want me to do anything for six months. And so, as much as I wanted to buy a house, I waited six months and rented. At the time the six months were over, someone gave me a donation that paid a significant part of the house. If I had not waited, I would have been robbed of the blessing. Seasons of waiting are really important. If you decide to move when God is calling you to wait, you can try to obtain the blessing outside the timing. And instead of obtaining the blessing, you'll rob yourself. So we have, you know, the story of Saul. Saul was told by Solomon, by by, um, Samuel, sorry. Saul was told by Samuel to wait to do the sacrifice. And he doesn't wait. And he says to Samuel, I felt compelled. You ever feel compelled? Like under pressure. Because the armies, the enemy was gathering. His army, Saul's army was scattering. And he felt compelled to do the sacrifice. And so I offered a burnt burnt offering. He did not wait in the appointed season. He rushed ahead trying to obtain the blessing of God by offering a sacrifice before the appointed time. And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. He was disobedient. Rushing ahead. Moving by the senses. Moving because he felt compelled by his circumstances. You know, the natural mind is like, I don't want to rent for six months. It's a waste of money. But God is smarter than you are. And he's established times and the seasons. There are times to wait. Turn to your neighbor and say, if God is calling you to wait, do nothing. No matter what season you are in, keep your focus on Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So in about 2008, 
I want to share another story, okay? The Lord Jesus appeared to me and walked into my office and showed me his nail-pierced hand. And I knew that I was about to enter into a time of suffering. A season of suffering began that lasted basically until 2015, where I lost my marriage, I lost my house, I lost my health, had stage four cancer. A, a, a period of, what's that, seven years of suffering. Lost my emotional health some of that time. But you know, God appoints seasons of suffering before he promotes you. God appoints seasons of difficulty like Job so that you can come close to him in a way that was never possible before. He allows circumstances to happen so that you can do serious meditation on the word of God and the promises of God so that you can build your faith in the midst of your suffering so that you can touch God. Because when he exalts you, you'll need to be in a place in Christ Jesus to handle his promotion. Amen. Turn to your neighbour and say, he's getting you ready for promotion. When he promotes you, remember your season of suffering. It'll be good for you. When he promotes you, don't get full of yourself thinking that it's because of you. He abased you and he promoted you. Remember who did it. Amen. If you remember the hard times and how you're calling out to God on your knees and crying out to him and asking everyone in the world to pray for you, then when he answers your prayer, be grateful for what he's done. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbour and say, he's preparing you for something good. So when I was in my season of suffering and I was taking immunotherapy drugs and I was very sick and uh, I could only walk a few metres, I knew that if I would, Matthew 6.33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things would be your, mine as well. I knew that if I would keep travelling, keep preaching when I was sick as a dog, that Jesus Christ would give me the healing and death would not take me. But if I failed to seek first the kingdom of God, I'd be dead. In, when you're in the valley of the shadow of death, focus on the kingdom of God. Put him first. Seek it first. Seek his righteousness. And all these things will be yours as well. Don't allow your bad circumstances to get you distracted from Jesus Christ. Amen? Never give up on Jesus. 
Amen. I have a friend, uh, uh, Christian Barrio Nuevo. He's a Spanish Latino guy. And uh, I think it was his mother-in-law. She went through a season of suffering. And this was uh, in 2020, 2021. And so his, his mother-in-law would double up uh, in the fetal position, screaming in pain from fibromyalgia. And she had to go to the pain clinic. She was in hospital. The hospital says there's nothing we can do for her. And then she got pancreatic cancer, which is one of the most aggressive forms of cancer. And she just became skin and bones. I can't remember. I think she went down to something like 40 or 50 kilos, to skin and bones. And, they, and, and Christian Barrio Nuevo, he would call me up and say, do you have a word from the Lord? And I said, no, I don't have a word from the Lord, but I will believe. Let's pray in faith. So that's what we did. And she got worse and worse. But keep your faith. So they took her to hospital to die. She was terminally ill. They took her to hospital to die. When they took her to hospital, God completely healed her. All pancreatic cancer, fibromyalgia, completely healed her. Amen. So when you're going through stuff, keep faith. And connect yourself with people who believe with you. Amen. When I say connect yourself, spiritually connect yourself. You can socially be with people who don't believe that God's going to change the circumstance. But spiritually, you're not connected to them. I know who I have believed. In him is my confidence. You can think what you want. I don't accept it. My Jesus is real. Hallelujah. I took a taxi yesterday and had an Egyptian Muslim uh, taxi driver. And he, he made the mistake of asking me what I do. Hallelujah. And I said, we pray for the sick in the name of Jesus. And he said to me, do you, he said to me, he asked me a question, uh, is Jesus dead? Because that, with Muslims, that's often a big issue that, you know, Jesus rose from the dead, you know. And I said to him, Jesus is God and God is not dead. And he said, you didn't answer my question. I said to him, Jesus is God and God is not dead. I've answered your question. And after that, he talked about the weather. Hallelujah. <laughs> he's not dead. He's alive. Amen. Say to your neighbor, he's not dead. He's alive. Even though you're doing it tough, he's still with you. He will never forsake you, never leave you. His promises are true. On the mountaintop and in the valley. Before you were born, God had established seasons and times in your life. You can't change them, but you can submit to Jesus Christ as Lord in your season. He's at work by his Holy Spirit using the circumstances in your life 
to produce Christ-likeness in you. It's the school of seasons. Amen? Amen. To create something beautiful, a wonderful testimony to the glory of God. And Jesus said to them in Acts 1.7, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. In the authority of God the Father, he has established times and seasons. But you focus. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So whatever season you're in, press on bearing witness to Jesus Christ. Amen. Just focus on him. Keep going. Don't let anyone steal your purpose. When you have a God purpose, you have joy. Don't let anyone steal your joy. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we are spiritual people. We're sons and daughters of God Almighty. Heaven is our home. We're citizens of heaven. We're spiritual. We have spiritual understanding of our situations. But you, brethren, this is First um, Thessalonians 5, verse 4, but you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of a day, we are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober. Remember Jesus said that he was going to go and see Lazarus? And the disciples said they're going to kill you? And he said, if you walk in the light, you will not stumble. He understood the time and season appointed by the Father that he would not die at that time, but Lazarus would be raised from the dead. He had a spiritual understanding of his season and time. When they tried to kill him before his time, he walked right through the crowd and he literally did it. Physically, he walked straight through people. Hallelujah. Because he understood, spiritually understood. Turn to your neighbour and say, wake up spiritually. Stop sleeping. You are of the day, not of the night. Look up. God has a blessing destined for you right now. Amen. Amen. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath. Amen. God has appointed you to love and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
He's appointed us to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Amen. Praise God. Every season that you go through requires courage and faith. Turn to your neighbour and say, you are not a coward. Have courage. Have faith. God will take you through seasons that seem impossible, but look to him. Take courage. Have faith. When you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, have courage. Believe the promises of God. When you're up on the top of the mountain and you have been promoted, don't be content with your promotion. Have courage. Have faith. Because we serve an abundant God and there's more. You've only just begun. Amen. You've only just begun. Turn to your neighbour and say, have courage. Don't be content with today's blessing because God wants to give you more. I think it was last year and uh, I was talking to a Malaysian couple living in Canada in an online meeting and I said to them, God wants to financially bless you. And the man replied, I'm content with what I have. And I said to him, you do not understand the abundance of God. He wants to abundantly bless you. Why don't you just receive it? And he said, okay. Over the next two weeks, the family received 40,000 Canadian dollars. He wouldn't have received it, perhaps, if he was content with his blessing. Can you imagine your parents give you a Christmas present last Christmas and the next Christmas you say, don't give me anything, I'm, I'm content with what you gave me last Christmas. And the parents are like, hang on, I love you, I want to bless you. No, 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 I've ha that's sufficient for me. Amen. Turn to your neighbour and say, come on, press on. God loves you. Don't accept where you're at. There's more. You know, God does not look on the outward appearance. He looks on the heart. He took a young boy, David, who was looking after the sheep and made him king of Israel and the ancestor of Jesus Christ. That's our God. He takes what's uneducated. He takes what's been thrown away by the world. And he says, I'll use that. Amen. Don't look at yourself in the mirror and think that's what you're looking at. Because that's not what God looks at. When you look at yourself, look in the word of God as a mirror. And you'll see Christ. Amen. That'll make you think. Because he's forming you to the full stature of the perfection of Christ Jesus. Amen. And Christ lacked no good thing. And neither do you. Hallelujah.